Welcome to the Ross Weekly, where we present to you the latest happenings and upcomings in the Ross community, paired with a brief dive into both a Ross student and a Ross club's background. I'm one of your hosts today, Preston Hill, and with me I have John Brown. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, Preston. How how, how are you post-winter uh, formal? You know, uh, hanging in there, doing all right. How about yourself? Same. <laughs> all right, and... We have a few of our awesome classmates joining us today. So with us today, we have George Aquaman, uh, Richie Canoe, and Taylor Brown, um, who are going to talk to us about all things entrepreneurship at Ross. Welcome. So before we get started, we'll do a quick check-in on some recent upcoming events and happenings. Now that we're a few weeks into January, a lot of NBA ones are in the thick of interviewing for internships. So if you're listening to this between interviews or taking a break from interview prep, first and foremost, good luck, and you got this. Shifting to events happening at Ross, as of recording this episode, we're fresh off of last night's winter, Ross Winter Formal. We had over 600 Rosses dressed up in their finest at the Fillmore in Detroit last night, and it was an absolute blast. Looking ahead to this week, for our NBA Ones, don't forget, the meet, don't forget to meet in the Winter Garden on Monday, January the 23rd at 5.30 p.m. for the 2023 Matt Reveal event. The Asian American Business Association will be hosting Asian and Pacific Islander Week with events such as food, friends, and culture to celebrate the Lunar New Year on Tuesday, January 24th at 5 p.m., as well as the API Leadership Conference on Friday, January 27th from 10.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Now to you, Preston. Uh, yeah, so just continuing here on Thursday, the Ross hockey team will be taking on the law school at 10 p.m. at Yoast Ice Arena as they look to defend their crown from last year's win. Um, also, don't forget to show support for the Follies at Ross, Follies Vision, and alternate Ross reality at the Linda Mendelssohn Theater from 7 to 9 p.m. on Friday, January 27th. You can still register for the event on campus groups. And then finally, we also wanted to highlight something that's coming up, which is Ross Diversity Week, uh, which will be happening during the week of January 30th. Uh, this year's theme will be Centering Equity, spotlighting the E and DEI. So as always, you can learn more about these events as well as everything that's going on at Ross by visiting campus groups. Uh, John, I'll pass it back to you to introduce our guests and get our Q&A section rolling. Awesome. Now we'd like to welcome our guests to the podcast. Before we dive deep into, into our subject of entrepreneurship, we would always love hearing the super interesting backgrounds of our fellow classmates. So for, for George, we'll start with you and then we'll shift over to Richie and then to Taylor. So could you just share where you're from, your pre-Ross background, what you're involved in here at Ross, and then what you're hoping to do afterwards? Hey, uh, Jonathan Preston, thank you again for this opportunity. Um, for those listening, my name is George Openman and um, I'm blessed to also be here the day after my birthday, AKA the Winter Formal. Um, definitely have a little bit of raspiness in my voice from celebrating my birthday there. Um, but where I'm from, I'm originally from Nigeria, Edo State, Nigeria, born from my parents, the oldest of three boys, the pastors Mike and Christy. They had me in Dallas, Texas. Dallas also happens to be playing the 49ers in a couple of hours. So hopefully they finally win a championship while I am alive. Uh, after, um, after again, my, my upbringing in Texas, um, I got my uh, undergrad degree from the University of Houston and my pharmacy degree. I'm a doctor of pharmacy from Texas Southern University. Uh, I went immediately into the pharmaceutical industry where I had multiple roles in marketing. Um, and right before Ross, I led Eli Lilly's um, build of their marketing technology platform. And so that's what got me even more hands-on interested in entrepreneurship um, when I got to Ross. 
I came here specifically to understand both sides of entrepreneurship, both the building a company and then investing in a company. Um, and after my first year and, and serving on the EBC board, I decided to run with my now co-president, uh, Richie, um, to lead the Entrepreneurship Adventure Club. And so with that, I'll pass that baton to Richie to share a little bit about his background. Cool. Thank you, George. And thank you again for having us on the podcast. I'm glad that we get to do this. Uh, so name, Richie Cano. Um, both of my parents are actually also Nigerian. I was born in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, came to Michigan for undergrad and studied material science and engineering. And then from there, went into IT consulting at Capgemini for about five-ish years. Um, always knew I was kind of interested in technology, knew that I had some interest in finance, but hadn't really gotten the formal training, so to speak. So that's what brought me to Ross. Um, and kind of the marriage of those two interests is what directed me towards venture capital. Um, when I started to realize that that was something that I knew I wanted to do kind of long-term, I guess I kind of doubled down. Um, when I came in my first year, I was on the board. I was the VP of Learning and Development with EBC. And then when um, when George and I decided to kind of take over the club this year, I was I was excited about that because I think that we can make kind of a, a big footprint and, and affect some change in terms of the way that we're taking the club. So as far as after school, I want to do venture capital as well. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Taylor to do your intro. Thanks, Richie. Um, so my name is Taylor Brown. I'm an MBA one here at Ross. Um, prior to Ross, I studied healthcare management and policy at Georgetown University. I um, was really kind of interested in the health equity space for a while. So I worked in healthcare consulting um, for about five-ish years as well, um, most recently at Deloitte. And now at Ross, I am kind of uh, trying to ingratiate myself in all things um, venture capital. So I also want to um, pursue venture capital after Ross as well. Great. Well, thanks to all three of you for being here and for giving us a little bit more detail about your backgrounds. Um, kind of the first question for the Q&A that we have here, George and Richie, this one's for you. Um, you both mentioned that you're co-presidents of the Entrepreneurship and Venture Club at Ross. And the organization's mission is to bring together students that are dedicated to furthering their educational and professional goals as prospective entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and or venture capitalists. So I was wondering, can you elaborate on what the mission, what that mission means to you and how it influences how you lead the organization? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. And, and knowing that I know a little bit about the perspective of my co-president, I'll definitely spend some time to share the other side. I think for me as um, co-president, we both, while we were co-presidents, we both tell each other to act as presidents. And we say that because entrepreneurship and venture capital are both tightly um, put together. And I don't think even when you say that, people understand that. So as a founder um, or someone that's building a company, while it is important to understand all of the nooks and crannies of your company, uh, your customers and things of that nature as it pertains to you, you also definitely have to understand um, how to get your company funded, understand the stages, understanding whether you're even going to venture capital or non-venture capital. So really understanding the financial and financing piece of your organization. Um, and I say yours in terms of a founder building. And so I try to play that lens for the organization while also not being hands-off on the venture capital side where Richie has um, more of a presence and responsibility. And together, um, we're for the very first time ever, um, leading a build of their uh, inaugural entrepreneurship and venture capital conference here at Ross. And it's the first time, even though I said here at Ross, the first time that we're having a conference of this magnitude 
that's um, bringing together and harnessing all of the schools that you hear about from the University of Michigan. Um, one of the biggest things that we're told when we're coming here to the University of Michigan is you're not just coming to Ross, you're coming to the other top 10 institutions on campus, and each one of them have their own entrepreneurship ecosystem. And that's something we're excited to amplify um, on April 15th, Friday and Saturday, Saturday, April 15th. But if you want to get your tickets, not just for the uh, conference, but to the University of Michigan, start looking now for that April 14th and 15th weekend. Um, but with that, I'll pass it off to Richie to share a little bit more about the venture capital side of EBC. Yeah, for sure. Um, appreciate it. I guess I'll give a little bit of background to kind of get you better like acclimated with what the way that we're thinking about this. So George used a word earlier when he was going through his description was ecosystem. And I really like that word because all that really did for us in the beginning when we were operating with that mindset was make us become extremely clear on what it was that we needed to do and how we existed within like the greater Ross community ecosystem, what have you. Um, I think a big part of what we had to do in the beginning of the year was establish what our, I guess, guardrails were going to be. Um, we have a couple of core tenants. Uh, the primary one is this concept of access. So being at the University of Michigan, everyone knows the statistics in terms of X, you know, rated whatever program. All that to be said, we found that there was a little bit of friction um, for anyone who was within that entrepreneurial ecosystem on the university in a way that we didn't think that there needed to be. Um, I can speak about my experience. I know for somebody who was interested in venture capital, I felt as though the resources existed at the university and I was finding out about them you know, later where it would have been convenient to kind of have it all in, in one place. And, um, and that was really our mindset. We wanted to make sure that the friction was removed to not deter students um, from kind of pursuing this, this career path. And the way that we did that in the beginning of the year, we actually went and looked at all of the different clubs that were available to us um, in the private equity space and the entrepreneurship space, all the different organizations um, that exist within the university. And we were very clear in terms of this is where we kind of see ourselves. We actually called a meeting with all of the presidents um, of those private uh, uh, equity clubs. And we were clear about this is where we see ourselves kind of within this ecosystem. How do you see yourself? And with that, there's a potential that, you know, we can all work to really just make things easier. So like as of now, for instance, when I get emails about things that are private equity, I know exactly who to send it to. If someone is interested in the course, I know exactly where to direct them for clubs and all of that in terms of involvement, we know exactly where to send them. So really just kind of create that machine in a way that will just make this easier and more viable as a, um, as a career option for students. So all that to say, the aspect of ecosystem is really how we, how we decided that we wanted to run this. And the easiest way that we knew that we were going to be able to maybe like impact people's experience was through access. Um, and to George's point, that's what drove us to decide to start this conference in, um, in April. We felt as though, and it's not even we felt like my inbox is filled with individuals who are looking for Michigan talent, but they don't know where to go or they're not sure exactly the best way to go about it. They want us to share things with the club, et cetera. And we decided that all of this was well and good, but the best way for us to really promote that access that we keep on talking about is to get everybody on the university's campus just so they can understand what it really feels like, um, you know, in Ann Arbor. And that's, that's really what's been driving this. And that's how we've been deciding to leave the club. 
Thank you for sharing. Um, so something that you both touched on is that uh, you complement each other with your individual strengths as co-presidents. So how do you split your duties as co-presidents? Do you focus specifically on functions or is it more situational where if, if, if George is very busy, Richie, you pick it up and then vice versa? How do you split those duties? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think it's a mix of both. I think naturally the first thing is we're both friends, like we're genuine friends. And so just like any leadership team, anything, whether you're uh, building a company, you're working with a team and collaborating like that, we're, we're closely built on trust. And so there's never a time where, literally speaking, both of us right now are at the airport going to an alumni di dinner um, to meet some alums to bring into the conference. Um, we made that decision together. It wasn't a decision that like, all right, well, whatever you got going on, I'm going to do this already and buy my ticket or anything like that. And or even the, the love of what we're doing there. Like we, it's a natural thing. It was gone together. Um, but to make things on paper, to your point, um, we both both naturally have natural gifts in terms of I'm naturally a marketer. I'm naturally more inclined to big, large scale events and things of that nature. And so things like that, while on paper is not a chair, I just take the lead on. And vice versa, Richie's very skilled financially very skilled from a like order standpoint he's a very technically sound person and so some of the things that need um, operational excellence and and focus he naturally takes over we, both of us though we meet weekly and we have a list and, and i'll be clear sometimes that meeting is set for an hour it goes for two sometimes it's set for an hour but because we are friends and we talk all the time it's like a 15 minute check-in but during that time we keep each other abreast so that at the end of that that hour or 15 minutes we're both on the same page of whatever that is so if I had to answer your question very um, quickly, uh, we both probably split the role into its operational and um, operational executional standpoint where we both share 50-50 execution, where Richie will tend to lead most of the operational or investing things. And I tend to lead most of the uh, creative, strategic, long-term things. And then we both collaborate because I'll be clear, there's things that I have big pie and ideas. And he's like, bro, that's not gonna work. And he brings it to fruition and vice versa you'll have an idea that's very like ABC. And I'm like, bro, no one's going to come to that. And, and I'll bring the player. So we work hand in hand with that. Yeah. And um, I think to add to that, one of the things that I think is like really impressive, uh, real, really important rather when it comes to leadership within the clubs is when you do that co-president aspect, I think it does help to have somebody who has kind of a spike as far as a, um, an ability that's not one that is in line with what you have. And so with that, you're able to kind of play on each other as opposed to, you know, being like, you know, trying to figure things out yourself, so to speak. Um, I think the biggest part of the way that we are able to communicate and kind of work with one another is the magnitude of like the type of event and the type of club that we know that we want to run. Like the way that I view it, venture capital is that's the only thing I like focus on. Entrepreneurship is the only thing George thinks about. So it doesn't sound that crazy when you ask somebody to come to San Francisco for a day, because that's exactly what we expect to be doing after this. So, um, so I would say that like level of interest and that level of um, kind of fervor when it comes to the actual industry or topic, what have you, that you're working with is really important. And we, we talk like literally every day. Um, we text each other quite frequently throughout the course of the day. Each one of us has our things that we're kind of working on, but then everything um, kind of comes up in that weekly meeting that he had mentioned. And truthfully speaking, the weekly meeting is good from an organizational standpoint because things need to be like codified every now and then. But most of the meeting, quote unquote, takes place outside of campus or outside of like that meeting, I would say. Like there are a lot of times where George is having conversations with individuals with like Zeller is a really good example because he's extremely plugged into that. 
part of the of the university and then he'll come and all of a sudden we have like a bunch of other things that have come before it or have become because of it rather I know that I have like some connections outside of campus in terms of some of the firms I've been able to work with and work for and so a lot of the conversations that take place on my personal inbox I'll be able to kind of bring those back and so it's really just a matter of kind of playing off of each other to be able to make sure that we are still able to kind of hit that level that we agreed upon in the beginning. And it helps to have someone to kind of keep you honest. Like if somebody can't make a meeting, they let the other person know. Like earlier this week, I had to cancel a meeting and basically just texted George A, by the way, this is you know my situation. And so that level of trust helps. Um, at the same time, if there's something that like needs to happen because we are friends, I have no problem telling him no. And he has no problem telling me no. And I think that that's, um, that's a big part of what has worked for us so far. Yeah, and one other thing I want to build on is I think it's important. I don't think enough, it's not, not even about clubs, just leaders in general. And I think it's the reason why Taylor's on the phone right now is also like understanding even as a leader, you're only as strong as the people that are around you and, and how much you train and, and bring up the next. And so identifying people like Taylor that's on our team, um, not just on our team, but as a leader and leading our first ever conference. Um, she likes to say like she's on the committee. Um, she's actually leading the committee. And she's proactively put herself in that. It's not just because, oh, she's um, interested. She shows like with her um, mentality and, and the, the types of questions she has, plus actually getting outcomes. I think a lot of people talk about opportunities, but like actually making happen what you said would happen. Um, Taylor, since I've met her as an incoming student, so luckily having her at Ross to now being on my leadership team, she's probably one of, I mean, she's me and Rishi have been here for two years, but of the, the ones, and not to say I have favorites, but Taylor definitely is in the top of other ones, um, not just from a person, but also her her fervor for being in the venture space. And, and that's why we trust her um, to bring to life something that even Richie and I haven't done before. And we're excited to have her also carry the torch as a leader um, going into next year. Because what we're, me and Richie always talk about is it's great that we're presidents now, but we're definitely going to be in the space long term and, and being even stronger alumni. And we want to make sure we have put into place an easy channel for access for the rest of the people that want to be an entrepreneurship of us. That's that's what our legacy we hope uh, that we leave. Yeah, well, no, thank you both for, for that insight into kind of how you all work together and the partnership you all have established as co-presidents. I think that's such a great message, I think, for our listeners to hear. And honestly, I, I'm always super interested in just hearing more about that as well. So thank you both for, for sharing that. And then, George, the last thing you said, I think actually dovetails really nicely into our next question, which is for you, Taylor. Um, we've mentioned the, the EBC conference that's coming up in April a couple of times, but was wondering if you could give us a little bit of a preview into what that's going to look like, um, kind of some of the panels or speakers you all are planning on having. We'd love to hear a little bit more, a little bit more about that. Yes, and I um, thanks for directing the question towards me, but definitely want to loop in George and Richie because they've been working on this for like over a year now. Um, but I can definitely give you a high level preview. Really excited to be co-leading that um, conference team. Um, at a high level, kind of to George and Richie's point about the purpose of EBC and um, this conference, I think at a high level in terms of speakers and, and audience members, it's really about bringing together those interested in um, entrepreneurship and or venture capital, those who are um, you know already in the space and the network as in terms of a professional in those spaces, but also people who might be interested but don't necessarily know what avenue or path they want to take. Um, we really want this conference to be a place for people to connect on different levels and in different ways. So you can definitely expect to see speakers, both, um, you know, well-known names that people have heard of in, in terms of business leaders in the business community, but also um, other people from the entrepreneurship and venture capital space that, you know, you might not, you might not um, 
you know, know of, but are very important players in that space. And it's really about kind of bringing those folks together to have dialogue um, on stage and answer questions that are really going to provide insight to the audience members um, and kind of, you know, what people want to know. It's not, we're not just asking random, you know, questions about, you know, tell me about yourself, things like that. We're really getting to the heart of EBC um, and opening up that dialogue and network, as George mentioned, for people to be able to connect um, and figure out, you know, where they fit in this, in this um, space. So I'll definitely let them speak a little bit more about the um, you know, speakers that we're planning to bring in, but we are sourcing speakers from around the country, um, both within our networks and just cold calling, cold outreaching to um, individuals that we know will have um, an impactful voice and space um, for the conference. Cool. Yeah, I can um, I can speak a little bit about that. Taylor. That was a perfect description. Um, but the main thing, so the conference is really interesting to us in particular because we look at it as a way to really kind of fix a gap, if you will. So um, we have one of our professors who's a faculty advisor on um, for the club, Dr. Emmanuel Yemfor. He teaches the VC finance and PE finance class, I believe. And he was doing a little bit of research. So he came with a really interesting statistic for us where if you look at schools in terms of investors and entrepreneurs, as far as entrepreneurs that go and raise VC money, who's investing in them. If you look at Stanford, that number is about 50%, meaning 50% of the people who raised money from institutional investors who were Stanford graduates were raising money from other Stanford graduates as investors. You take that same statistic and you look at a school like Harvard, Harvard ends up being in the mid 40s. And then you go to University of Michigan and that number drops down to the low 20s. And so the issue that with that is there's no shortage of companies being created here. I think it's like number seven is where the university ranks as far as uh, companies that are founded out of the university and or companies that are founded from alum of the university. But for some reason, there seems to be a disconnect when it comes to the actual financial aspect of being able to invest in these companies when like there's a school mismatch. And so we knew that that was something that we probably had some power to um to kind of address. And that's really where this big conference came out of. It's, it's yes, it's taking place in Ross. However, it doesn't make sense for us to not be taking advantage of the medical school that we have here, the engineering school that we have here, the public policy school, the law school, all these countless other top institutions where there are people who are starting companies that could potentially be, you know, interesting ones from a finance standpoint. And with that, we use, like what I just told you is what we tell everybody that we want to come and speak. And the, um, the response has been pretty overwhelmingly positive because it is a gap that a lot of other individuals have identified kind of on their own. But given that we have the necessary resources and the proximity to the university right now, we're able to really take advantage of it. And there's something that I actually like always kind of tell the, um, the club is like what we're looking to do here is kind of build something that's a little bit enduring, meaning it will be useful in the coming years. It will be useful long term. And the interesting part is, yes, as of now, kind of being an MBA too, I'm able to give some advice in terms of what to do from a recruiting standpoint, all of that. But like, candidly speaking, I'm much more useful to individuals who are interested in the space after I've graduated and have already joined the space. And a lot of the other alums feel the exact same way. So as far as speakers, we've been able to get people who are like special advisors at General Catalyst, individuals on boards of like Alphabet and, um, and some really big institutions, partners at NEA um, and, and others in a way that they are extremely happy that we're reaching out to them to, uh, to come speak and basically to shed some light on their journey to maybe help the next person who could be interested in this space coming afterwards. 
Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about the conference that uh, Taylor definitely gave the foundation for and which he gave some color is um, this is not the typical conference that we're looking for having breakout rooms or even having virtual. We plan to have this 100% in person. Will there be aspects where from a marketing promotional standpoint, we might have recorded, of course, but we definitely want this to be a hands-on, um, you have to be there type of conference. And knowing that and doing that, um, we're going to have the types of people in the rooms that are making stuff, forgive my French, uh, insert something else for stuff happen. And that's both from an investing and a building standpoint. And so when you think of what Richie shared, um, we're going for the top of investors that have invested in some of these big companies. We're not going after them. We actually have access to them and have um, a couple of commitments. And we're intentionally keeping names off because that's part of our marketing and promotional standpoint. The reason why we're going to the West Coast right now after Winter Formal is to bring back the best. And Richie has also started inroads with um, our investment office for the whole entire university, not just Ross. To where they have access to some of, when you look it up, some of the biggest name founders um, at the University of Michigan, who also are connected to some of the biggest name founders total. So we're looking forward to, to bringing and making um, April 15th, a Saturday, um, one of the greatest opportunities. And oh, by the way, um, just in case you didn't know that, that's also the weekend for GBR. So some of the people listening to this will have gotten their um, commitment, or I shouldn't say commitment, their offer to be here. And so even if you're not a Michigan, University of Michigan student, you'll have the opportunity to have that as part of your weekend. And, and hopefully you choose that experience over some of the other experiences that will be also taking place that day. So George, that was a perfect segue into the next question. For the perspective or the admitted students that will be listening to this podcast, are there any other events that are going to be going on um, with EVC that you would like to share um, so that they can get those on their calendar as well? And yeah, I'll be very direct. So I know that me and Richie have about five minutes. So I'll make this a 30 second thing. Let Richie share a little bit more. And then I know we'll be closing out. But every month we've made it the journey to EDC. So EDC Con, sorry, this is the conference. So knowing that April is the big, um, I'll call it the big Super Bowl. We have a couple of closing games leading up to it. So next February is going to be our first big event. And it's a partnership with Business Plus Tech. Um, myself and Richie and a couple of others from Business Plus Tech, which is also an initiative at the University of Michigan, um, were sponsored to go to Afrotech, the largest um, Black uh, tech conference in the, in the nation in Austin last November. With that, we were able to source a few speakers and understand there were people even in Detroit um, that are doing some big things. And so we're bringing them to Ann Arbor. We're calling it Afrotech in Ann Arbor. No trademark lawsuits, hopefully, on that one. But um, we're making sure to, to have that experience as a partnership with EDC um, and Business Plus Tech on Friday, uh, February 17th. Then in March, and I won't give the date on purpose, but um, in March is uh, Women's Month, uh, International Women's Month. And so we're having an event in partnership with a couple of clubs um, on the Women Who Launch and um, a Women Business um, Club that we have here um, to, to ensure that we're not just um, amplifying women for a day, but we're working on having some uh, events um, for the whole entire month. And then of course, April is the big um, EBC Con event that you haven't heard of yet until now, but just in case you haven't heard of it, EBC Con is happening on April 15th, that Saturday, um, with some of the big names that we've already not given you, but just know it'll be some big names. So hopefully once a month, um, each month we're leading up to that. And, and all of these experiences that we're creating are first of its kind. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure these are the type of experiences that we want to be known for moving forward uh, as presidents and leaders of entrepreneurship and venture ecosystem. Richie, um, Taylor, feel free to share anything else in addition. 
Yeah, let's get online. Okay. Great. Uh, well, no, thanks for that, George. I think it sounds like you guys have a, have quite a lot on your plates coming up in the next few months. It sounds like a lot of really exciting stuff on the EBC side of things. Um, so final question, I think just, just to wrap things up, and I'm going to start, uh, Taylor, direct this one at you first. Um, was wondering if you have, like for prospective students who might be listening to this episode, do you have any advice or tips um, for students who are thinking about pursuing a career uh, more kind of an entrepreneurial or venture capital in nature? Um, yeah, we'd love to know either, you know, if you're thinking about pursuing that during business school, after business school, we'd love to hear any tips or um, anything like that you might have to share. Yes, the first thing would be to definitely start as early as possible um, if you can prior to even coming to Ross. And to your point, you definitely don't even have to be completely sold or sure about wanting to enter into that space. But there are a lot of pre-MBA programs and pre-MBA internships um, that would be really, really great for prospective students to check out. Um, the EBC Club itself um, shares a lot of resources about um, different opportunities. Um, there are just going to throw some you know, names out there. There's a program called George, uh, sorry, Dorm Room Fund that George and I both um, did over the summer. Um, there's an apprentice track. So you know, it doesn't really matter what your background is. If you have a demonstrated interest in the space, um, it's a great, again, apprenticeship program. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities outside of that, um, I would definitely say just do your research, um, start a running list of, you know, questions and things that you're interested in, um, because the entrepreneurship and venture capital space can take you in so many different directions. So having some type of structure around your interests um, and potentially, you know, areas that you want to focus in, whether as an entrepreneur or um, as an investor in VC, I think um, would be great for prospective students to start thinking about now. I, I agree with everything Taylor just said. Um, I kind of want to echo um, the aspect of differences in, in terms of level of interest as well. So there's a gentleman who runs the Center for Entrepreneurship at um, the College of Engineering named Kurt Skifstad. And one of the things that he gave us in terms of the range as far as the applicants and the individuals that exist within the space is curious to convicted. And I really liked the way that sounded because the alliteration. But then on top of that, it did a really good job of explaining kind of the breadth of individuals that can enter into the space. I think what ends up happening is at times it can appear to be a little bit, let's call it intimidating because it is kind of amorphous. There is no set timeline. You have no idea when or if um, opportunities actually will come about, but I can say confidently that for the individuals I know who have been interested in it and kind of did what was required, they were able to see the results that they wanted. Um, so to Taylor's point in terms of it's never too early, programs exist for the people who are curious all the way to the people who are convicted. So looking into that as soon as possible is definitely the best way to, to kind of start moving. Like for me, I, I did an internship the summer before um, first year and then ended up interning with them throughout the year. And that's how I ended up getting my second internship through, um, through introductions that were made from there. So it is a little bit less, um, less of a, a structured process, but I would say like for me and kind of for my interest, I know that it's worth it and definitely tap into the ecosystem, like the individuals, especially on this call, are willing to do whatever in order to make sure that people are, um, are able to kind of see the results that they want, as long as you're willing to do the work. So I'd say that we got lucky in that regard. Yeah, my last bit of advice um, would be also to not be scared. Um, and I say that in a very serious and funny way in terms of like entrepreneurship, is something where literally speaking, you're you're trusting yourself, you're trusting your 
using um, Richie's last um, thoughts of conviction. You're having conviction on an idea and a thought, and yeah, until you go all in, you're not going to see how you could have done. But then also, I'll just keep it real. Uh, there are people that hey might be interested in consulting or other areas, and then also you can still have the opportunity to be curious and learn how to have an entrepreneurial spirit to your consulting practice, or by the, by um, having the opportunity to understand venture capital from the beginning to the end, you can get involved in with the extra money that you make and in investing as a angel investor or bank, uh, investing as a limited partner or something of that nature. And so just really not being scared to be curious or not being scared um, to follow your convictions. So I know that we have some babies in the background that echo um, what I'm saying, and I'm sure you can hear that. But uh, yeah, with that, uh, really um, excited for the opportunity of this podcast, excited for the opportunity of EPC, and more excited to see for those that are listening, them take themselves on on their own curiosity and convictions. Um, and I'll obviously go through. So thank you so much to George, Richie, and Taylor for joining us on the call today. Um, safe travels to George and Richie, and happy birthday again to George. This has been another edition of the weekly of the Ross Weekly, a showcase of the latest happenings and upcomings brought to you by Business Beyond Usual. Today's episode was produced by Preston Hill and John Brown. Executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Thomas DeClerc, Michaela Terrell, Preston Hill, and Eugenia Collins. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, go blue. And this is Business Beyond Usual.